Smarter Business Finance, episode number three, financing a mobile food business. Are you a small business owner looking to take your skills to the next level? Interested in getting real information about financing business equipment and business loans without the worry of getting scammed? You've come to the right place. Welcome to the Smarter Business Finance Podcast with your host, Rob Micheloff. So, hey, everybody, welcome back to the Smarter Business Finance Podcast. Today, I thought we'd focus on a specific type of industry and financing equipment for that industry. Now, most of the shows we do, we're going to be talking about subjects that are applicable no matter what type of business you're in, but we're going to do a number of shows also that are targeted to specific markets that that we have some expertise in or that we find an expert that has some expertise that can help. But we do probably, of, of all the different types of businesses, we probably help more food truck and trailer owners, uh, and specifically probably startups getting into their first food truck or food trailer than any other type of business. In fact, uh, we see folks coming to, to us for help uh, from, from three places. Number one is the Smarter Finance USA website. Number two, uh, Smarter Finance USA owns a, a website and Facebook group that you may have seen online called Food Truck Sellers, which is a directory of every mobile business uh, vendor of folks that that actually build and sell food trucks and trailers in the U.S. In fact, if you're listening to this episode and you are not listed in the food truck seller directory, uh, please shoot me an email because we'd love to have you listed in the directory. My email is rob at smarterfinanceusa.com. And the third way is throughout the, the country, we have a number of what we call vendor relationships. So if you're actually shopping uh, at a manufacturer for a food truck or a food trailer, there are a number of relationships that we have set up where we are the preferred finance company for that dealer. And in fact, uh, I want to talk a little bit about some dealers that we've had uh, particularly good success for our customers with because it's important. In fact, a lot of times we run into folks, uh, and we've had some bad experiences as well, to food truck builders that either do shoddy work, or in one case recently, we actually had a builder not deliver the trailer. They'd been advanced money. Uh, It's called pre-funding. Most of the time, when somebody is financing their trailer, no builder in his right mind is going to start building the equipment until they've received some or in some cases all of the the invoice. Uh, and so in this case, the, the guy just gave up and he didn't deliver the trailer. The customer was out his trailer. Bank was out the money. I'm sure somebody's getting sued. And that that's not a situation you want to be in. So as much as possible, you want to make sure that you're dealing with a quality food truck or food trailer builder. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the folks that we do business with and have had some great experiences with. One, The first one I want to talk about is uh, Smoking Joe's out of San Antonio and they are a they don't do food trucks but they're a food trailer builder and we've had nothing 
but good experiences with Smoking Joe's. Uh, Anyone that we've sent to them for financing or that we've dealt with who has financed, who has had had a trailer built with Smoking Joe's, never had any quality issues. They always deliver on time and on schedule. Great, great trailers. They're uh, competitively priced and never had any issues with not passing inspection because if, if you're in the mobile food business, your vehicle is going to have to pass inspection by the health department. And these folks know what they're doing. So if you're shopping anywhere near the, the, the Texas or surrounding states and you're looking for a quality builder, uh, they're one that we highly recommend. Another builder that we've had a lot of good experiences with is LA Custom Food Trucks in Los Angeles. Uh, if you're a- anywhere in the in the West Coast, they do both food trucks and food trailers. And uh, we have a lot of great things to say about them and so do our customers. And uh, another, another one that we've had pretty good experiences with is quality food trailers out of uh, Portland, Oregon. They do great work and, and we've seen no problems dealing with them. Certainly are one of the quality food trailer builders out there. And so let's talk a little bit about numbers in the mobile food business because we certainly have looked at the financials of a lot of different both mobile food truck businesses and food trailer businesses. And uh, obviously, like any other business, some are more successful than others. Uh, but some of the more successful food, particularly food trucks that we see, they do sales of about 30000 a month for a one truck business. Now, not all of them, but, but the more successful ones. And typically, before making payments on their vehicle, there'll be about $13,000 in costs. And that, that breaks down to, uh, you know, like $7,000 in food and maybe $2,000 for the the gas and and the commissary. You know, you have to set aside some money for maintenance and um, that should probably be, you know, some, some months will be more than others, but probably averages about a thousand dollars a month, because believe me, your truck will break. And the other, and it depends, the other expenses really depend on whether you have employees or not. But typically, uh, a, lot, a lot of times we see a husband and wife mobile business that either has limited help or no help. And their total other expenses, including like an insurance and maybe advertising. And a lot of times there'll be event fees and so forth is, is maybe about $3,000 a month. And so that can leave about $17,000 in profit based on $30,000 in revenue. But, uh, and that's, that's before making uh, any payments on the truck or the trailer. But depending, I, 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 I don't want to represent that all businesses see those type of numbers because that's certainly not the case. That's, that's the more successful businesses that we see. But, but anyone who is running a moderately successful business sees at least fifteen to 25000 dollars a month. And but you know, depending on the business model, the cost numbers I mentioned could be significantly higher. Like folks that do most of their business at events will, will certainly see higher costs than that. And so the, the first question that you may have is well are, are those numbers reasonable? Like how do you get to a thirty thousand dollars a month in sales? 
And it's actually pretty easy. Let's say you're running 20 days a month. Uh, so that's, you know, say Wednesday through Sunday and your average plate, including whether they're sides or if someone's buying a $2 Coke from you or whatever is about $12. That's, that's 125 plates a day. Now, uh, yeah, some, some businesses won't do 125 plates a day, but you know, quite honestly, uh, someone who's successful is easily going to be doing uh, in the average day serving a hu- 125 people. And if you now, mind you, that's if you're only running one truck as an owner operator, your costs will be higher if you go. And a lot of times we help people go get a second truck. And the second truck, obviously, you can't drive two food trucks at the same time, so you, you're going to have to hire staff. And I, I did mention events, and so I want to bring up that the the most Typically, the most successful food truck owners that we see base most of their business around working a lot of events, and they'll, in fact, be booked up for these events often two to four months in advance. When I say events, that could be fairs or art shows or, you know, a lot lot of uh, cities now have like these street food days, like every Tuesday night from five to nine, where people show up literally to eat out of food trucks. And that's good, predictable business where there's going to be a lot of people there to eat your food. Now, I I, I did talk about, uh, and I mentioned several times, this is what we see from the more successful food truck owners, because a a lot of food trucks, uh, particularly when you're just starting out, uh, a lot of people fail, like a lot of Folks, either, I don't know whether you have bad food or if it's just the wrong geography or bad planning or whatever. But for whatever reason, uh, we know that quite a few of these businesses don't see those kind of numbers and do fail. Because probably clo- of startups in particular, close to a third of the food truck and trailer loans and leases we see for startups actually go into default where they have to go and repo the equipment. And, you know, that makes it tough for a lot of startups in the business to get financing a lot, lot tougher to finance a food truck or trailer for a new business than for a whole lot of other industries. And it's on the, we don't really want to do this type of equipment list for probably most of the finance companies that do deal with business owners. And it's also, it's there's that. And, and then there's also the, you know, the, we get a whole lot of requests from people with, you know, let's say bad to very marginal credit with, you know, $2,000 in the bank and no other assets who would like the opportunity to finance an $80,000 food truck. And, after making the down payment, there goes all their money. They wouldn't even have enough money left over for food and gas, let alone to get over you know, what happens if the truck breaks and they need to do a $2,000 repair just to get it back on the road. So, you know, it's, it's, I'm sorry, no way, Jose. No, no, one, no one can do that loan. And the other issue that we run into a lot is, you know, when you start – a business, you know, I just mentioned that, that a third of the time 
the truck's going to be repossessed. The the business is going to fail and you're not going to be able to make the payments. And because of that, it's very, very, very risky to advance money or to, to do a loan or a lease of a food truck to a new business owner. And so folks are often shocked when they are presented with what the payments are likely to be. And one of the issues is that the first thing that folks do is compare the rates for consumer financing to business financing. And they're two totally different animals. You see much, much higher default rates. And by default rate, I mean the number of loans that don't get paid in the business world than you see in the consumer world. And with that being said, because of that, we usually do recommend that our customers uh, who think they might be qualified, maybe go shop at your bank first or try an SBA loan. Because, you know, if you can get, it's going to be the cheapest financing you can get, period. If you can get qualified for that type of financing, it's going to blow away what any private equipment financing company can offer you. Uh, The problem, of course, with that, if you've tried it, is almost nobody gets approved. You, You do spend a lot of time talking to people that tell you to put this together and that together and to make a business plan and to do all these other things. And three months down the line, they just tell you no. And, uh, you know, established businesses that buy a, a second truck or even replace their truck, if they have decent cash flows and credit, whole different story. You know, the, the rates aren't outrageous if the risk isn't outrageous. But but for startups, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's going to be tough. And, you know, a lot of startup owners will give us the argument, well, it's a secured loan, right? If I don't pay it, you're just going to take the truck. And I want to talk a little bit about what happens in those cases because, you know, let's say it's a $50,000 truck. What really happens after it gets repoed? You know, so we have to pay to repo it, you have to pay to store it, and then you liquidate it at fire sale price. And that's that's 90% of the time what happens. And lucky on a on a 50k truck to get back uh, as the lender $25,000. And so with that being said, let's go over what the actual payments would be assuming, uh, or a range of payments, I should say. Obviously, just talking to you, I I can't tell you what the exact payments are going to be if we don't know your situation. But, you know, let's assume a $50,000 food truck. And if you're a startup business, uh, let's take a five-year loan or lease, but just assuming that you own the equipment at at the end, you might pay on a $50,000 vehicle Anywhere from, and it depends on, on how risky you are, but any, anywhere from $1,400 to $2,400 monthly. And you compare that to the cheap bank financing uh, at a bank, the payments for that same truck for five years will probably run about $1,000 a month or so. So let's talk a little bit more about the different ranges of the payments, because the next question is, well, how, how would you know whether your payment on that $50,000 would be closer to $1,400 a month or $2,400 a month. And again, we're talking about a five-year payment. So obviously, if you're financing for two or three years, the payment's going to be higher. But typically, like at the $1,400 a month range, that's really for the very best 
borrowers. And, and so that assumes that you've probably got a credit score of over 700. You have plenty of money for operating expenses. Like a lot of times when we see rates like that, technically the person could just go pay cash for the food truck but they're smart enough not to want to take all their cash and spend it on their equipment because like, it's pretty smart to have a, a few months liquidity in case things don't go exactly as planned. And when you start a business, things almost never go exactly as planned. Right. And so the three things that we look for in determining how risky you are as a borrower is uh, number one, how risky you are. Number two, how's your credit? And when we say how's your credit, the credit score is certainly a part of it. You know, I mentioned a, a 700 credit score. And typically, if your credit score is below 625, unless you can come up with a huge down payment, a, a cosigner, or a significant amount of collateral, uh, meaning something that a lender can take if you don't make your payments, you're, you're just not going to qualify. And then the, the third, and this is probably the one that surprises people the most, uh, a lot of times we'll get folks applying that have a good credit score, which shows that they probably have pretty decent character, but often don't have a lot of credit history, or we, we call it credit depth. And so, for example, we had uh, a girl, maybe it's about six months ago, who had a 710 credit score, but I think she was just out of college. And so she had like a one small student loan and like a $2,500 credit card, but just not much else. And it's really tough for lenders to make a decision based on that because there's no, no real history to show that they can handle the size of the payment. And so one thing that's particularly looked for is a number of, it's called trade lines. And that's the number of different loans you either have or have successfully paid off to show your, basically how likely it is you're going to make your payments. And specifically for any titled equipment, and titled equipment is anything with wheels and a license plate. We like to see comp borrowing, meaning you've probably had a car or two that you've paid off successfully. And uh, when I mentioned the, the, the girl with the, with the decent credit score, but no, no credit depth, she was able to get approved, but she had to come up with 50% down. And uh, let's talk a little bit about that 50% down. If you remember a couple minutes ago, I mentioned that when you repo an equipment, you usually get back about half of the amount of the loan. And for that reason, in almost all cases, if you can come up with a 50% down payment, you can actually be approved for financing. Because if the, if the lender has to repo your equipment, they know they're going to at least get that back. The, the only cases where we see that you are not able, it's very rare not to be able to finance uh, equipment like a, a food truck or trailer with 50% down. People with outstanding, like if you owe back child support, if you're not paying for your kids, you're probably not going to pay for anything else. And so typically deadbeat dads are not able to get qualified anywhere for any sort of business financing. 
and sometimes if you have significant tax liens. Uh, but other than that, oh, and, and a current bankruptcy. But other than that, uh, you know, you're going to get get approved. So uh, another thing to think about, you know, we mentioned that if, if you're starting a business, uh, a lot of times the payments are going to be higher than you'd like them to be. And so the real question is whether your payments actually matter. Well, I mean, obviously they matter, but, you know, how much do they really make a difference in your success or failure? So let's say your payment is kind of right in the middle of that range we spoke about. Let's say your payment's like $2,000 a month for a $50,000 vehicle. And that's compared to like $1,000 a month for the, the bank financing. I mean, obviously, if you can get the bank financing, that's that's what you should do. Go do that. But for the other 90% of people or 98% or I don't even know, starting a business, the reality is most startups cannot qualify at the bank and most people are not going to qualify for an SBA loan. So the difference between cheap bank financing and what you would qualify for in reality is about a thousand dollars a month. And so imagine you've got a food truck that's doing $15,000 a month before the payments. So in a, a perfect world, you'd keep, you'd, Bring in fifteen thousand. You'd pay in profit. You'd pay a thousand dollars a month for your payment, and you'd keep fourteen thousand dollars. In reality, after that fifteen thousand dollars, you'd have a let's say it's a two thousand dollar payment. So instead of fourteen thousand dollars profit, you'd make thirteen thousand dollars profit. Uh, and I mean, your third choice is go sling hash for somebody else and, you know, maybe make $2,500 a month. Or I don't, I don't know what restaurant workers make these days, but I know a lot of them are complaining that they deserve $15 an hour. So I know it can't be that great, but if, you know, if you're not willing to take any risk, I mean, that, that is an option, but you know, you might fail, right? you might lose all your money by opening up a food truck. But if you do, it's probably not because of a high truck payment. If you're going to be successful, it's going to be, or not successful, the, the truck payment's really not going to have that big of an impact. And, and if if the your profit's going to be so marginal that it really does have an impact, that's probably something to think about. Like, if it's going to be that tight, you're probably not going to want to be in the food truck or trailer or any mobile food business. And I, I know a lot of times you don't know exactly how much revenue or profit you're going to bring in. Like if it wasn't risky to own a business, nobody would have any employees because everybody would just go start a business and make lots of money and be happy, right? Now, the other big issue we see, and, and this is an enormous problem, is we'll tell somebody, uh, and some of our, our uh, honest competitors will tell somebody, we hear this all the time, real rates, and the person is in shock. You know, I just mentioned to you the rates are uh, quite a bit higher than what you're expecting if you were expecting rates that are like what your bank would offer or what you'd pay financing a Honda Civic at the dealership. And so some people go and they shop until they hear the rates that they want to hear. And that's that's a real problem. We call it the LBJ. And so 
what will happen is you go, you, you, you keep calling companies until someone tells you, you know, you, you get three legitimate quotes for, you know, whatever it is. Let's say it's 50, 50K in financing for five years and you get a legitimate quote for $1,800 a month. And you say, oh, that's ridiculous. And you get another quote for $1,800 a month and you decide that we're loan sharks. And so you keep shopping and eventually you'll come to the guy that tells you it's going to be $1,100 a month. And all right, that's great. We call that the LBJ. And LBJ, we're going to do a whole episode based on the equipment leasing LBJ. But LBJ stands for low ball jack. So what these charlatans do is they'll send you uh, a quote for much cheaper financing than you realistically are going to qualify for. And they ask, they send you like this phony approval but it's really in teeny, teeny, tiny little letters. It says it's really just an estimate. And they ask for the first and the last payment, which incidentally is, is what everybody does. So don't think it's a red flag to look for the first and the last payment. So a lot of times it's really hard to tell who the thieves are. But if the payments are a lot lower than you've been offered anywhere else, Go Google that company. And nine times out of 10, you'll see complaint after complaint. And Google, you know, like if, if it's whatever finance company, do go into Google that finance company plus complaints or reviews. And you'll see dozens of reviews talking about how someone sent in their first on their last payment. Then they got sent the real lease documents and the lease documents had a payment of double what they were originally promised. And they in nine times out of 10, unless they go get a lawyer involved, you can't get that deposit back. And in fact, one of our vendors in the, in the food truck space had a customer who lost $5,000 to one of these thieves. So you got to be really, really careful when you're out there. If you're shopping, just waiting to hear the payment that you think you should get because it's a far cry from reality, but there's always somebody out there waiting to steal your money. In fact, it's kind of like, you know, sometimes I'll go on Facebook and, you know, I'm a 42 year old guy. I've got gray hair. I got a wife and I got a kid. So there's uh, and I, and I could probably stand about uh, six months in the gym. And so if a girl, and this happens either, you know, through email Someone from Russia who looks like a supermodel just happened to see my picture online uh, sometimes four times in a day and email me because it would be really interesting to get to know me or someone who looks like they came out of a calendar who has only three friends on Facebook messages me and says, hey, I want to be your friend. Now, if I fall for that, whatever money that person steals from me, that person earned because a 22 year old supermodel has no business looking at my middle-aged self and wanting anything to do with me. And, you know, if somebody is offering you rates on any sort of financing that are way, way, way cheaper than what the other nine people you spoke to did, just think about a 42 year old guy in his speedos. And, um, Hopefully, you're not going to make the, 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 the same mistake that we've seen a lot of other people make 
because a lot of people lose money to these thieves. So anyway, I think we're going to wrap it up here. In, in the show notes, we, we've also produced uh, an ebook that goes over in detail the costs, how to qualify, uh, and everything else about actually financing food trucks and trailers. So I'll leave, I'll leave a link to that in the show notes. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Smarter Business Finance Podcast with your host, Rob Mishaloff. Online at SmarterFinanceUSA.com, Twitter at SmarterFinanceU, and on Facebook.com slash SmarterFinanceUSA. We'll catch you next time.